Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. Sometimes it's difficult. Almost literally Thursday morning. Almost literally that, yeah. want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. I want to thank all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churning Spoon Ice Cream. You, you, all, you all need some caffeine today because you got to start pushing that rock back up the hill. Time to start. No better way to do it than with a delicious drink from Strange Brew. I expect that drive through line to be out in the middle of Highway 12. People are like, why, why, why are we so busy today? The rock, it's going back up the hill. We got, I, need, I need that extra boost. <laughs> and when you get done with your shift of pushing, maybe you stop over at, Str- at Churning Spoon for a delicious frozen treat. You know, we've had we've had frost here in Starkville this week. We've had some frozen precipitation. Had some today, actually, or as we're as we're recording. But uh, you know, if it if it rained milkshakes, I'd go outside more often. I'll just put it that way. Hey, I, I tell you by the way, I, I, you know, you always you're on me about not eating. Sweets. I am. I what ate, happened? I ate snow ice cream the other day. Very good. It snowed, so it's Katie actually, made snow. Feels snow like cream a little too and, natural though. There's not enough preservatives in there for me to really count it as a dessert. <laughs> it's got. I gotta have something that like you know, there's like maltodextrin or some sort of uh, you know E number five. I'm dye. sure in the vanilla flavoring that she used there was something. like I know that. in her it's probably like some natural vanilla beans happening in there. I don't know. I, I'm just telling you, I, I want to see. Eat a I Twinkie. mean, she is anti Joel. I mean, she's all about some sweets now. I, she's, I mean, every time I go anywhere, even if I'm just getting me something for takeout, mm-hmm. I always get a chocolate chip cookie I'm, or a, a something. For there's her. always a sweet there. That's smart man. Yes. So the key to a woman's heart, sugar, literally and figuratively. Yes. So uh, our good friends over at College Corner will remind you it's a new year, so you need new gear. You need to get some new maroon and white in the closet, into the rotation. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that your friends are pointing out saying he's still wearing that same ratty polo that he wore to the Liberty Bowl in 2007. How does he not have a new polo? That maroon's pink. It's pink. It's pink by now. It's time to get something new. Give College Corner a try. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you, or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Get some new gear for the new year. Advantage Businesses, speaking of New Year's, man, we want to keep your business profitable in 2021. 2020 was tough on everybody. Make 2021 a lot easier by upgrading your technology. It's a new year. It's a new decade. It's 2021. It's time to get with the program and put the best and the newest equipment to work for you. And that's what Advantage Business Systems can do. They can help you out right now and help your business the way they've helped businesses in this state for 46 years. Going strong at Advantage Business Systems. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Joel T. Not good, boss. Not good. I feel like you got something to say. Go ahead. 
What do we say going into this week? They need to be two and one. They're one and one. There's one game left. No, they're one and zero. Oh. What? This week they need to be. Oh, this week they need to be two and one. Yeah, the, but the next three they need to be. I, two I guess and what one. I'm saying is nothing's off the table here. I mean, no, nothing's you, off the table. You, you win can, the next, and they can easily win the next. You two. win the next two, you're fine. But but you got to win the next. Well, two. you know, you say that, Joel. Texas A&M, final score, 56-55. Aggies come back from 13 down in the second half and down six with two minutes to go to win the game. Um, the net, the net, 124, Joel. I mean, now it's going to go up because they beat State tonight. And, yeah. I mean, State was in the 60s, I believe. Yeah, it's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. You know, it's the kind of loss that we see every March getting circled and that's why they're not in is that loss right there. So give A&M a lot of credit. They could have easily – it was very reminiscent, honestly, of the game against Missouri for Mississippi State, except State was on the other side of it. You must follow the Twitter account of at Joel T. Coleman. Did you mention that? I said it was the Missouri game in reverse. The only difference is that State was able to keep it close, and Missouri yeah. was not. Um, and State had – State got two for one under a minute and couldn't come up with the win or even tie the game. Uh, the, the, the crucial sequence, uh, A&M was Jonathan Aku. Not to be confused with Abdul Adu. Aku and Adu went at it all night tonight. Um, sounds, like a, a, sounds like an 80s WWE tag team, doesn't it? Aku and It Adu. really does. I mean, Vince McMahon. Aku and Adu. The African connection. You know? So anyway. They'll be managed by Kim Chi. Uh, that'll be good. Anyway. Uh, he fa- a flagrant foul that you described as a Roddy Roddy speaking of wrestling a Rowdy Roddy Piper sleeper hold attempt. Uh, so State gets couldn't two quite free- get it locked in though. He kinda- you you got to lock. You got to get that arm yeah. under the under the chin. Uh, but State gets so State goes to the free throw line with a chance to tie. Jalen Johnson hits one of two free throws. State only shot ten free throws all night. A and M went a full twenty two minutes I think of game time without being called for a foul. They were called for a foul with 11 minutes to go in the first half. They didn't get called for another foul until seven and a half to go in the second half. It's kind of like the old, you know, Alabama doesn't get called for holding thing. But that's it's taking it to a whole other level. Yeah, they didn't call for a foul at all. But that said, Johnson misses the free throw. State gets the ball back though, down one. They can't come up with anything. They get a stop. They have six seconds to go. And whatever play they drew up, I don't really agree with it because I don't understand how Molinar isn't the option there. But Davon Smith is going to pass to Tolu Smith. He is going to be wide open for a layup. He's going to lay it in. State's going to win at the buzzer, but the pass is deflected, and that's that. Uh, yeah, the, the plan there, judging by the comments of Ben Howland, mm-hmm. was either DJ or Iverson to get the ball and drive was kind of the, the plan there. And he said he had Davon in the game as opposed to Jalen Johnson because he felt like if Davon ended up with the ball – he could drive, whereas I guess he doesn't trust Jalen as uh, much. Yeah, Jalen Johnson to drive. is great at great basketball player for state, but not a he's not a guy I want. Yeah, going off the dribble. Yeah, so that was why Davon was in the game there, and then he said that he wished Davon had just took the shot instead of trying to pass the ball to to Tulu. But I'm like you say, if he cuts the ball to Tulu, it's, it's a, an easy state now, wins the game. I don't know if he had enough time. I think he did. Time it's, was the issue there. I don't know. But if he did I, I think if he catches the ball in his stride and goes up. He's going to to win the game. If he had the if he had the time, I mean, no, he had the he's just wide easy lay in. He had it was wide open, but it it, it doesn't pan out for state. Yeah. And now like I said that's just a bad loss. You're up forty to twenty seven. You let a And I mean, it it really was the Missouri game. State leads forty to twenty seven. A and M goes on a thirteen zero run. 
Um, they go back and forth. State pushes it out to 50-44 to 44 after a Tolu Smith putback. Um, and it feels like at that point, there's two and a half minutes ago, you're like, all right, State's gotten back in control here. But A&M makes five of the final six shots of their final six shots of the game, and they walk out a winner, uh, 56-55. And now State, you know, once again, you know, has to rebound from a bitter, disappointing loss. They will take on Florida on Saturday. And once again, Joel, the ball has rolled back down the hill. We're going to be working the hell out of this analogy. Yeah. Basically the rest of the – maybe the rest of Ben Hallen's tenure at Mississippi State. Well, it kind of feels know. like we've been – while we haven't been doing the show the entire Ben Hallen tenure, it kind of mm-hmm. feels like it's the story of the Ben Hallen tenure. Yeah. It's just when everyone's slowly starting to kind of buy back into this team. Right. There is a good a, crowd tonight. There, there I mean, is a humongous kick to the groin. And as this close was, to 1,000 people as you can have, I think. Uh I didn't see this, by the way. Speaking of the crowd, did you see this argument between a fan and uh, the official? I did not. Robbie Falk and Tyler Horker both tweeted about it, and I think it's that guy who I have termed through the years as ref hater. And if you've ever been to the Humphrey Coliseum, you know who I'm talking about. He sits behind the bucket uh, on the side that the media would normally sit on, and he just gives the refs hell for 40 minutes. And everything I've ever heard about this guy is that he's a really nice, sweet guy. And this is just where he lets out his frustrations. And, and honestly, if that is the truth, kudos to you, sir. You couldn't pick a better target than the <laughs> officials of the SEC. Um, but evidently, they, they had an altercation from 15 rows apart. But I missed this. I, I, wish I, I wish I didn't see it. I need, I need to talk to those was guys. Was it on the broadcast? I, I didn't see anybody mentioning it. So no, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, they, both of them tweeted about it, though. They, were both, they both saw it happen. Uh, so I, I, I don't have any more information than that. If you if you got more information, I'll certainly take it. Tweet at us. Um, but, yeah, it felt like there was some momentum. It felt like State wins this game. And then whatever happens against Florida, Florida is going through that typical sort of slide they always go through with Mike White. They just they, they can't figure it out. But whatever happens, if you lost that game on Saturday, you're like, well, you know. And then you beat Ole Miss and everybody's happy. You're, you're you know, you're 5-2. and two. And now it's it's turned Florida into a game you sort of need to win. Well, it's kind of like this week was a super regional, and you, <laughs> in some way, and or regional, you, got, you mean? Yeah, well, you just got to win two out of three, a, okay, two out of three saying, series yeah. or whatever. And so now you now you're forced with having to back end it and win the last two. And right. That's just that's kind of a. The and you've got a in the, good team, and you've got a team that Ben Hallen has not been able to to, to sweep the, since he's been. The here. teams in the SEC are so evenly matched for the most part that it's. It's tough sledding when you feel like you got to win two in a row just because it really does feel like most games going in's a little bit of a coin flip. Yeah. And that's kind of where you're at now. But, I mean, that said, it's a coin that could easily go in your favor the next two, too. And if you do, well, you're right back getting that ball about pushed back over the hill again. Yeah. So, But, again, it's back at the bottom. The, the, the word I saw the most on Twitter and on message boards is deflating. And it is. It is. I mean, this is not a good basketball team. Now, I'll give them credit. They're, they're, that's one of the most unconventional trapping zone defenses I've ever seen. They weren't really putting a ton of pressure on the ball on the ball handler, just enough to bother. Sort of more of like a mosquito than anything else. Just just enough to bother them. And say what you want, DJ Stewart, who had a really bad game for Mississippi State, tough night, three of fourteen shooting, had five turnovers. Not a great ball handler. You know, he, he is a good shooter. He can handle when it, in terms of going to the rim to get his shot. But bringing the ball up the court, not his strong suit. Yeah, 
Um, Iverson disappeared in the second half. Yeah, Iverson had 12. Iverson Mullen has 12 points in the first half, and you're like, wow, he's going to have a big game. He finishes with 16. He was one of four in the second half. Just nothing worked for Mississippi State in this game. And Ben Howland in postgame said, I, I take full responsibility. Um, said they were, they were, you know, doing the press and – it's on, I guess, us media guys a little bit for not pressing Ben Howland a little further in the postgame to, to try and get a, a, a clearer answer. But he was talking about how there is a an offense that he has ran throughout his career to attack the press. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't – I didn't understand with his answer if he was saying they ran it and couldn't have success with it or if he they didn't fully run get it. into it. Yeah. Either way, he said he took full responsibility for how yeah. things happen. Ben Howland is the most responsibility taken – he is a he is a believer in the Joe Moorhead point the thumb not the finger philosophy. No, no player has ever lost a game for Ben. Howell. No, so he will. The problem the- with that is is that puts all the heat on you. You know, if he would come out and if he had said something like, "Well, well we would have won, but Davon turned the ball over." Well, you can't do that. You either. can't do that. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think the fan base would go for that either. If you're all, if you got to a coach really, throwing it, guys under the bus, it really is damned if you do. Yeah, there's nothing. Don't. There's no win when you when you lose. There's no winning. The way you do it is the way he does it. Yeah, I think. Just now come I guess out and say, you know what? I'll take responsibility. Get players want to play for you that way. If nothing else, you know, like, hey, coach, coach had my back. <sighs> this season, I think what we need to do at this point is just say, look, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, you, know, you can see there's good young pieces. They'll be much better next year. But this year is just sort of whatever happens, happens. They get, they get hot and they put together a tournament run, great. They, 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 they go up and down and they find their way into the NIT, sure. They struggle and they don't make the NIT, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like this team, when you start expecting things from them, and there's been twice this year I've expected things from them, I thought they could beat Kentucky and I thought they, could, they would win tonight. I think I predicted them to lose to Kentucky, but I thought they could beat them. And then when they were up nine in the second half, I was like, okay, they got a great chance to win this game. And when they were up thirteen tonight, I thought they had a great chance to win the game. And both times they just they couldn't deliver. Well, the problem's the wrong word. The issue here with this team is they've kind of all they kind of started to make believers out of all of us a little bit. That's the problem here. Because going into this year, you and I both said the ceiling for this team was probably like NIT. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turned out or as it has turned out, it started to look like huh, they could they could be one of the 64 best teams in the country. Yeah. They could get into the, into the big dance. Yeah. And so they're a little bit a victim of maybe coming together a little too quick kind of thing, I think. You may disagree with that assessment, but they have played better than we thought they would and have at least gotten to the – to the doorstep of flirting with bubble range, right? Yeah. I mean, it may be too early. If they to talk had bubble, won but this game, they had an opportunity to be, in whatever Lenardi makes his next update, to have been, you know, like last four out or something. Whereas, you know, you and I talking about this team back in October, I don't think would have said that would have even been a possibility. No, I agree. So they've kind of become a victim of. Of Maybe of of being above expectations, and now a couple times whether they've provided disappointment, you know the Kentucky loss, blowing the nine point lead. Yeah. Uh, this game blowing the thirteen point lead, and I don't know. To some extent, <laughs> I, I, here comes Sunshine popping Joel T a little bit. 
feel glad that you're disappointed because it means that this team might be a little better than you thought. Yeah, there is something to that that you know you haven't completely cut yourself off from this team yet. That you haven't just been like they're terrible and I don't care. You know, people are still uh, you know invested. So yeah, you're, it, it goes back to the whole the worst feeling in the world is apathy when you just don't care. Yeah, yeah. you're ticked off they lost because they've made you care again a little bit. Yeah. So and for sure that. You know, this is the roller coaster with this team. I mean, just yesterday, it was, oh, this might be one of Howland's best coaching jobs. And today, it's like, what the hell did he do? But something that I think we've seen so far this year is I think I trust this team to come out on Florida against Florida I and, feel like and, and have their heads on their shoulders. I don't, and, I don't know if they'll win or not, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, they'll, they'll be in the game mentally for sure. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Mental toughness, you know, win you a lot of games. If they can only win one, though, they have to win next Tuesday against Ole Miss. They, they, they cannot lose that game. That's a game where if you lose, people are going to be upset. Like, legitimate. And they're going to start checking out at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to beat Florida or not, but if you go 0 3 and you lose to Ole Miss, no, apathy, it's over. apathy sets in there. It's over at that point. People are just gonna be like, I just don't care. You know? Because, I mean, honestly, well, that game is on the 19th. You're like a month away from the first pitch. People are going to just lock into that. So. All right. Let's move on over to football. Some news broke after we had recorded, obviously, on. Uh, on Tuesday, and of course that was a rumbling day anyway. So let's move on into that. Brought to you by our friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I bet Welcome Home Beef would send Zach Arnett a big steak right now if he asked for one. Just like, just like, I don't know. I, I would hate to get Zach Arnett's opinion on a steak, though. It'd be the best steak ever. But like, ah, it's all right. Fair to Midland. <laughs> I was pleased but not satisfied. You know, he just, he's just a poor mouther. But you won't be poor mouthing the steaks at Welcome Home Beef if you give one a try. And it doesn't have to just be a steak. It can be a brisket. It can be beef ribs. It can be, it can be a, a tri-tip, which I'm, I think I'm going to get one of those in the coming weeks. I just, I love. I have discovered the tri-tip. I just, the Welcome Home Beef unveiled it to me, and now I'm, I, I love it. So that may be my favorite cut to grill. So easy to do and so delicious when you do it right. So you can be enjoying these kind of meals every week with Welcome Home Beef. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online. At welcomehomebeef.com. Find out what you want to get from them. They'll get it to you. And I promise you this when it arrives. It just tastes good. Zach Arnett, as the as the hourglass, as the sands through the hourglass, the days of our lives today, Zach Arnett is still in Starkville. It felt for all the world on Tuesday that he would be introduced already as LSU's new defensive coordinator. Uh the word I got down from LSU once that was that they did not offer uh, that, that first off that Orgeron has made it clear that he's like he is willing to be a little more multiple. You know, you remember he said a few weeks ago that he was really wanting to go to a four man front. Yeah. Obviously, interviewing Arnett and Marcus Freeman uh, to that extent as well means he was he was ultimately to be multiple. Zach Arnett is less open to being multiple. He is a three-three-five guy. He, that's that's his that's his fountain of knowledge. So there, I think there were some issues with that. And then states the new buyout on his contract was a problem for LSU. Now LSU's got you know more money than King Croesus, but they are not you know at this time of year they don't have a whole ton of money. They just fired a bunch of coaches. They got buyouts to pay. They got they owe Bo Pelini like four or five million dollars. Yep. And we've had the pandemic and everything else. And they also know they're about to have to gear up with some legal fees. So, which, by the way, on the whole, uh, the buyout, kudos to John Cohen. Yeah, John Cohen deserves a lot of credit. And reading what uh, Steve Robertson reported on, on 24-7, that this d- deal was agreed to 
early or midway through the season. This was not a new deal, uh, but the, the buyout was high. It's supposed to reportedly in the $2 million range. That is a lot of money to buy out a new contract, and then you're going to have to turn around. Basically, if I'm LSU, I'm looking at it like this. To get Arnett, it was going to cost about $2 million in the buyout and another, say, if he had a three-year deal with State, right? You're going to have to up his pay. So let's just say somewhere between 5 and $6 million, which you are in almost all likelihood going to have to pay him in January when that whole staff gets fired after Orgeron goes 8-4, and 7-5 this year. So they were looking at, basically, this hire is going to cost us anywhere from 7 to $8 million for a defensive coordinator. The price of poker is too high there. So like you said, John Cohen, very smart, put this buyout in, and obviously not going to give an inch on that. Yeah. Um, and so... Now it's really just sort of down to Texas. Uh, if you read 24-7, and again, I, I would suggest if, you, if you're really interested in this, Texas's uh, site, Horns 24-7, very, very tied in. They have good sources with their university, much as our 24-7 site does uh, as well here at Mississippi State. Um, they are saying that Arnett's a candidate. He's not the candidate. And at no point has he been the candidate. They'd like to look at Pete Golding. We'll see where it goes from there. I don't think that if Pete Golding were to leave Alabama, that Nick Saban would come after Zach Arnett. Uh, I just I just don't see that yeah. as as a possibility. It, I mean, could, it could happen, but you know, Nick Saban, as we saw today, his new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, you know, he can pull from anywhere. There's 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 nobody outside of standing NFL head coaches that Nick Saban can't call and be like, "Are you interested in coming here?" Yeah. Uh, but Arnett coming back to Mississippi State. That said, you don't know what which dom. If if you don't get Pete Golding to Texas, mm-hmm. you don't know what other domino might fall and right. get pulled out of some other school, and then that school becomes right. an, you just don't know. But right, I mean, you're talking about you know the rumor about Ryan Day possibly wanting to go to the New York Jets. Uh, yeah, he denied it, but all coaches deny everything until they they until are, they do it until they're not denying it. And so, if Ohio State were to open up, would he be interested? You know, would they be interested? I mean, it's, it's possible. It's all possible. That um, said, I don't, I don't, I know you don't either. There are some that do. I don't blame Zach Arnett Not at one all. single bit for any of this. I mean, how could if I don't understand how people do? If if somebody is offering you more money to work at, at your job, you should listen to them. And if you aren't doing that, you 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 know you're 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 being foolish. Because at the end of the day, and we've said this before on the show, the team I'm the most loyal to is Team Haydad. Yeah, the three people who live with me. Yeah. And if I can advance myself and make more money, I'm going to do it. And you, and for everybody's like, well, you know, oh, he's going to go to LSU. It's such a bad situation. Yeah, it is. But I just laid you out a situation where he could get a six million dollar check in a year. Which one of you is not going to take six million dollars? And by the way, after you get that six million dollar check, you can just go get another job making whatever you were making. Well, the issue here is every time something and stuff like this happens, and it happened with Mullen all the time mm-hmm. too, but. A little bit different there, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like he was actively trying to get out for a while. <laughs> I don't think Zach is. Um, people put their own fan emotional investment, and they act like the coaches should have that same emotional investment. Whereas for the coaches, it's just their job. It's their livelihood. Right. I mean, it's no different than if you worked at Walmart and Target offered you a better deal. Yeah. And you're going to go take the most – wherever you're – you know, you get the most money, and you, you, I don't get how anyone could could hate on a dude for listening 
Right. Whenever you're trying to everyone in the career, world, you're trying to you know make more money. That's what all of us are out here trying to do. That's 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 the grind. You know. So yeah. I mean, you know, Manny Diaz, it didn't work out for him at Texas, but how much more money did he make as a result of that? Yeah. Probably, you know, well, he's there for three seasons. Maybe well, he's there. I think, yeah, he, he, let, he was there 11, 12, 13, if I'm correct. Yeah. So I think he made like 650 grand a year out there, whereas he was making, I think, 350, maybe 400 here. So just in salary alone, he made an extra yeah. three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget here, folks. Zach signed an extension here. Yeah, I mean, he but he didn't have to do that. At the end of the day, did. coaches don't love the university the way fans do. This is just where they work. They work here. Yeah, you know, and they they are going to look at other jobs from time to time. Well, and in this sense, I may be wrong. I mean, maybe he has gandered at other things, but this this is them coming for him. He's not sitting over in right. the football building sending out. Resumes, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, he didn't send an email to, uh, I don't know, Texas, or Chris Delaconte, and just be like, hey, Chris, Zach Arnett here. Don't know, I heard you were looking for a defensive coordinator. Here's my resume, you know, and, you know, it's a couple of references and a picture of my of me and my family. <laughs> I mean, could be wrong. I guess he could have. I but... guess he could have. Well, he has an agent, and I'm yeah. sure his agent is telling people, like, my client's willing to listen. Well, listen, yeah. But he's not on LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> you know trying to connect with everybody out there, you know. It's not. So yeah. This is this is how life works, guys. You know, people and, and I think most folks know jobs, that. you know. There are some that don't, but I think And most I've said get it all the time, you know. I'll you know, this is my job. I love my job. Let somebody else offer me more money. And you might you know, you might hear me commenting on Alabama tomorrow. You know? Let, I mean I have a price for everything. I'll put on that powder blue polo with the little red squiggly line for the yeah. right price. <laughs> it's going to be a big price. Well, I, I mean, I, you that. I've changed teams since you and I have been doing this podcast. Yeah, SI called, and at the end of the day, I, I, I laid option A next to option B. Yeah, and I love Danny P. Smith. I'm glad he gave me an opportunity to, but, to be the Mississippi State on. beat writer, Star Daily News. But it was on. a better opportunity, so. so I jumped. Well, somebody is not moving on here at Mississippi State. Brandon Ruiz announced on uh, Twitter on Wednesday he will return. It felt like that was coming with the Jace Crispin news that he's going to enter the, the, the transfer portal. Um, of course, you know, in this day and age of college football, I, I, and I had a couple of people reach out to me. Like, I think that I think it's because of Ruiz. And I was like, until I see Ruiz kick an extra point on, in September, I, you know, you never know. Now, he has announced he's coming back. I'm going to take him at his word. But you just don't ever know. But that said, that's a big deal for Mississippi State because I think Ruiz is a real weapon. And if the offense can be better next year, he has a chance to rack up a lot of points. Yeah, he has a chance to rack up a lot of points. And, I mean, if you hadn't noticed, look at his kickoff numbers, too. Yeah. <laughs> 43 kickoffs, 37 touchbacks. You know I like that, right? Oh, you you know Brian Haydad is a fan of that stat. How many times uh, over – the previous year too, did we look at each other just like kicking out of just, bounds, yeah. just kicking it out of the end zone? And, 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 and there's a way to prevent big returns. Yeah, don't let them return. Don't it. let them return it. And Mike Leach and Tyson Brock, and uh, no, not Tyson Brock, Matt Brock. Matt Brock. Yeah, who's Tyson? Tyson Brown's strength coach. I can never keep those guys straight. <laughs> Matt Brock and Brandon Ruiz, Ruiz, all on the same page with Haydad and Coleman. Kick it out of the back of the end zone. Just be done with it. So. Uh, that's good news for Mississippi State. That's like the first good transfer portal news in quite a while. You know, you, I mean, they've obviously picked up a couple of guys in there, but it's been a the transfer portal. They say it giveth and it taketh away. It has taketh a lot for Mississippi State over the past twelve months. So good news for MSU. Uh, 
is that the first guy that you know that there's been an announcement that he's staying? You know, Jones, uh. Spencer, and Thompson all said they were going. Then you have the guys who transferred out during the season. Well, I, I guess when Fred got hurt, Fred Peters, he said it, he, but he, he said something about coming there, back. But it was that, that that felt like you know. CJ told us in a media session that he was coming back. But I'm talking about making an announcement like this on Twitter with a graphic, all that good stuff. All the stuff you, you want to see. If you're putting all those parameters on I am. Then, then yes, I I'm putting all those is. parameters. Okay. Well, that's good news. Uh, I think State, you know, when we come to the transfer portal, still looking to, to find a guy here or two there. Uh, you know, they'd like to get a defensive back. I know a lot of us are talking about Eddie Smith, uh, who, who announced he was leaving Alabama. Who could have guessed that was going to happen? Oh, wait. Everybody, but I mean, he's he wouldn't be eligible, right? So I mean, unless he got a waiver, which I I don't know if Alabama would oppose it or not. You know, nowadays when you oppose waivers, it looks bad for you. You take a lot of negative press, but at the same time, if you want to stick to your guns and you're Alabama, how much negative press are you really going to take? Yeah. Uh, but that said, he would be a guy that you know, he, if even if he had sit out, he'd be a good prospect for the. He'd have multiple years to come. They'd like to get an instant impact guy, and then of course he said. You know, in this recruiting class, they're still holding out spots for Ty Cooper and C.J. Johnson. We'll see how all that uh, pans out for Mississippi State. Um, with Eddie Smith, I mean, I feel like we're going to be having this discussion in a couple of years with Kadarius Callaway. You know, at the end of the day, I, 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 I sympathize with these guys because, you know, the chance to go to Alabama is something, right? Yeah. You know you're going to be competing for championships. You're getting the best possible coaching at the best possible university, a f- absolute football factory, the best possible facilities. Everything's top-notch. But if you look at your 24-7 recruiting profile, and yet that number isn't like 96 or above, you should just go somewhere else. You probably should when you look at it objectively, yeah. but you got to remember when you're 17 years oh, I old know. and, and, I, I and know. that crimson I am asking, comes calling. I'm asking a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid to display a maturity you wouldn't expect. And, and also, I mean, when you're 17, 18-year-old kid and Bama comes calling, you think you can go be a star. Well, because they're telling you that. Because you're like, telling you, you that. You yeah. absolutely can contribute here and be a big player and be the next Alabama guy to go to the NFL. But sometimes you just got to think and be like, I am the lowest-rated recruit in this class. Well, I mean, it's the same as when the supermodel calls up Brian Haydad and says, you can go on a date with me. I mean, you're probably... Oh, I'll go on the date. See. but uh, Jennifer's going to be... There's a difference between going on a date down, but, and committing. And, and I'm talking about like a single Brian Haydad. I'm not I'm not telling you to cheat on your wife. No, that's what I'm saying. But, the, the there's supermodel. a difference between going on a date and committing. Yeah. Like, you can go on the visit, get the bag of cash, get what, you know, hook up with the hot girl, whatever happens on the visits. But you know, when he talks about my actual career, you got to make better decisions. Do I want to go somewhere where I can play? Eddie Smith would be playing at Mississippi State this year had he had he committed here, and that's where everybody thought he was going to go until Alabama, until Nick Saban showed up to dance in his living room. You know, he would have been a contributor this year. I mean, he's a cornerback, right? So I mean, State needs a cornerback. They could use another one. So yeah, I mean, I mean, might might have been Emmanuel Forbes. Not making as big an impact this year, or I think he would have because he's a great player. But you know, they just would have had those opportunities. So we'll see what happens with that. Continue you know, recruiting. Signing day is now, I guess, three weeks away. February third. Like February third. So that's what twenty-one days or nineteen days. I'm sorry, nineteen days away from the end of the uh, the silly 
recruiting year well, I 2021. Guess actually, yeah, as we uh, as we record, it's as the 14th we record, now. it is now just under three weeks away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, immediately we'll start back up with 2022. 2022 will be an interesting recruiting year because there's a lot more in-state talent this year. This is such a weak year. I mean, Ty Cooper is the top-rated defensive lineman in the state, and he's like the 20th best player in the state according to 24/7. Now I know a lot of people would disagree with that. They say he's a lot better than that, but just from their rankings. And State's recruiting average star rating will go down if he if he signs with Mississippi State, which is just crazy because he's such a valuable target. So we'll see what happens. All right, tomorrow's show, I think we're going to record before the women's game. May or may not do – this might be your first future Brian appearance of, of the season. But we'll talk we, – I want to talk tomorrow. I said uh, – I mentioned this. Start talking about year two of Mike Leach a little bit. So we're going to do some football talk tomorrow. Uh, some some players maybe who can contribute next year. Some things that might be a little different next year. You know, just some some small changes, maybe some big changes. I don't know. We're gonna start looking at that, and and that's gonna become like a, not, not not an ongoing series, but that's gonna be something we look at over the next few weeks. You know, because spring training, gosh, is if we say signing days in three weeks, my guess is spring training is probably about six weeks away from starting up, maybe seven. Yeah, we'll be doing like positional breakdowns before you know it. Something like that. So. And, we also, we, we, and also, I get, maybe not this week, but next week we, we might start putting our toe in the baseball pool a little bit as well. I know Joel will not mind that. I won't mind it at all. One bit. All right, guys. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back with you on uh, fr- uh, Friday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.